Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. What brings out your inner child? Smarties! Why do you need to shout? I ask you now as you're watching this sober at home on the internet, why do you need to shout? Uh, sorry, I don't know. Good morning, sweet world! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Tuesday, November 9th. I'm G.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Oh, the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Let's all take a second and hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube. Comment away. Share the show. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And what else? Follow us on social media channels. Sure. At No Dunks Inc. Twitter. Instagram. TikTok. What else? Uh, No Buffs. Subscribe to No Buffs on YouTube. Why not? Yeah, there you go. No Buffs are Survivor Podcasts. Uh... If you want to check that out, it's got its own YouTube feed, own podcast feed, and all that. All right. Oh, my goodness. Whew. NBA. Just action-packed, man. We got the games we will get to. Curry dropping 50. Jokic turning into a temper boy. And whether or not he'll get suspended for all that. Other games that were really entertaining last night. But let's start with a big trade rumor, Tass. According to Shams, the Boston Celtics have engaged in Ben Simmons' conversations with the 76ers. Now, let's not get too excited. Shams says talks have been fluid with no traction as of yet. Word is, though, that any potential Simmons deal with the Celtics would have to include Jalen Brown, who unfortunately right now is going to miss one or two weeks of action here with a right hamstring strain. The question, though, Tess, let's get into the trade rumor. Is Jalen Brown... Too high a price for Ben Simmons. Would the Celtics include him in any deal for Ben Simmons? What do you think? No, they would not. Jalen Brown is a star, so I understand why, unlike you driving your car, there's no Chevy traction here, Skeets. It's uh, not happening. He is too good offensively. He is just a star. He is growing into a, 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 a two-way player. But I can see why the Celtics would want to shake up their own roster because they've got Jalen Brown, they've got Jason Tatum, two All-Stars, but they're only four and six. They need something, and I can understand why they would love Simmons on their roster, a point guard who doesn't need a shot. Marcus Smart was just saying, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown take all our shots. Ben Simmons would be great at that, but he would also be very, very helpful on the defensive end because they've lacked oomph uh, defensively. And I think people are diminishing how good Simmons is on the defensive end because the 76ers have improved on offense without him and everybody's saying, well, look, they've got the floor spaced out. They've got shooters around Joel Embiid. It's true. They've got the first best offense, best three-point percentage, 
mainly because they're all spread out and they're not just taking a few threes, they're taking more threes this year. But they have sacrificed something defensively. They've gone from 13th to 1st on offense from last year to this year, but from 2nd to 19th on defense. And that's a big reason why the Celtics are looking at Ben Simmons and thinking that would be juicy as a point of attack defender. We're lacking. If you watch them play, teams can just sort of stroll into the lane, but they're coming around defensively. So I think this is sort of a bad time uh, for Simmons to see that Sham Sharanya rumor and say, whoa, maybe the Celtics will trade for me. But I, I think the Celtics are looking at their own roster and they're thinking, well, Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, even Dennis Schroeder, the guards are starting to hound the other guards on the opposing team. They held the Magic to 79 points and then the Heat to 78 points in back-to-back games. And then they fought back from a 19-point deficit to nearly take out the Mavs before there was a huge brain fart by Marcus Smart taking that foul. And then Luka hit him in the eye. They're coming around, Skeets. I think that prediction that we made earlier this season that the Celtics would be better. I know they're only 4-6, and six, but I think it's just taking them a little bit of time. And I don't think they would rock the boat and trade Jalen Brown. Mm. No way. Uh, with the way that they are coming around. And I think if Jalen Brown was traded for Ben Simmons... That would hit him right in the heart because a few years back, there's this uh, clip circulating. I had forgotten about it. But his teammate, Grant Williams, started his career missing his first 25 three-pointers. And Jalen Brown told the media, yeah, we were calling Grant Williams Ben Simmons for a while. That's, that, that's deep. That's deep. I mean, you tell, like, that's a few years ago. Wow. That's a young Jalen Brown. Everybody just sticks it to Ben Simmons for not being able to shoot a three-pointer. Uh, but it is it is a weird uh, sort of mix that they've got going on in Boston, that they're only four and six with, with two all-stars, with two, mm-hmm. two stars. But I think they're finding it. And Ben Simmons, I think, would really help defensively. Um, and, and he would help the Philadelphia 76ers. I think the Sixers, with Ben Simmons and him being you know the best version of himself i think are a championship contender but without him even if they're playing with the the best offense right now i don't think they're a championship contender i think he he takes their uh, defense to a level that they can't reach without him although their offense is better so uh, i think people are forgetting how good a factor ben simmons could be on the right squad and i think mm-hmm. he would fit pretty well uh, with those shooters on boston yeah, I don't think it's a, a surprise, Trey, that Daryl Morey would like Jalen Brown coming back in a Ben Simmons deal. But again, the question is, is there any way the Celtics would include Jalen Brown? Because by all reports, this is ludicrous. Chris Mannix saying no way. Mass Live's Brian Robb saying no way. Like, it's a non-starter that Jalen Brown. Now, is there another deal in play? Do you have to get a third team involved? Yeah, okay. I'm sure the Celtics would want Simmons on their team, but to pair with Tatum and Brown, not to maybe include him. Do you agree with that? 100%. Simmons would be awesome on the Celtics if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both there. That's a wicked threesome, all about the same size, can do a lot of the same things, but I don't think the Celtics should give up Jalen Brown. Both Jalen and Ben Simmons, two-way players. They play offense and defense. That's what a two-way player means, uh, if you didn't know, but uh, there's a major hole in Ben Simmons' game which hasn't improved. Meanwhile, Jalen Brown gets better every single season. He hasn't made a leap really as a playmaker yet, but that's still to come sometime in his career. It just uh, doesn't make sense to me. Jalen Brown would fit perfect with the Sixers. I don't necessarily know that they solve all of their issues with regards to passing, but he would certainly be an improvement over having no Ben Simmons there. And like you're saying, Skeet, Simmons fits perfect with the Celtics, but... 
It feels like they're just taking a step sideways by acquiring Simmons if they're trading away Jalen Brown. Doesn't make sense to me unless there's somehow a third team involved here. Okay, Lee, let's play this out. Daryl calls up Brad Stevens, who's calling the shots now there for Boston. It's not Danny Ainge. And he says, hey, Brad, congrats on the promotion. Uh, This is fantastic. Nice to have you part of the club here as a GM. Uh, You were a great coach. I think you're going to make a better GM. So, look, I've got Simmons here. I'm trying to get a trade happening. He's probably not going to play for us. Let's make something happen. You know, know, I know you as an organization, you're not afraid to trade like a star player to another team. You know, we've seen them do that before, even in their conference. Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. Let's do this. What do you What do you say, Brad? Come on, let's go. <laughs> what do you say, Brad? I say sold. Why not? Let's do it. No, of okay. course not. The Celtics, there's no way they would do this deal at all because Jalen Brown uh, defensively is a very, very good player. Maybe not quite at Ben Simmons' level, but he's not far off either. And then offensively, he's a different player than Ben Simmons, but he's a much better shooter and scorer of the ball. That's obviously the difference there. Ben Simmons more a playmaker, facilitator. But uh, I just don't think that Celtics look at this and think this really improves them. It's like for like in a way that they get another good player in return, but they simply don't get uh, the, the, the shooting and the floor spacing that Jalen Brown gives them. Uh, I was looking into the uh, Celtics roster because it feels like still they had all those draft picks from the Danny Ainge era, but he must have just like emptied the cupboard as he left the door there because uh, they don't have really any significant draft capital to give up here either that might entice Daryl Morey. They've given up, but you know, they gave up a first round pick to get Kemba Walker from the Thunder there. And now all they have is their own picks. So none of those are sort of super enticing. Remember, it felt like Danny Ainge had multiple first round picks for multiple drafts, but they don't really have that anymore. So they can't even sort of say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll give up uh, extra picks down the line. So it's not going to happen there anyway. But um, look, if you're the, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers and you, you know, a player like Jalen Brown is available, of course you make that move, but there's just not that many, players of that caliber out there I certainly don't see teams giving up a player of, of Jalen Brown's quality to get someone like Ben Simmons who's shown right now that you know it, who knows when he's going to be back playing anyway uh, that's the real question here for, uh, for for anything surrounding Ben Simmons and one thing for Ben Simmons too if he thinks it was tough playing in Philadelphia you don't want to go to Boston and play there and uh, and have the crowd against you as well that'd be an even tougher place I think than Philadelphia I think a lot of people pointing out with Jalen Brown too it's you know, he is under team control for two more seasons at a very, very good deal, possibly below market deal with the, you know, what the um, sort of he's producing for the Celtics over these last couple of years, turning into an all-star, being still a 25 point per game scorer and all that. And like you guys said, doing it on both ends. So, yeah, I don't see him being involved in any sort of Simmons deal, Sixers Celtics. But, you know, Lee, is there something, if Jalen is off the table, is there anything that the Celtics could realistically offer in a deal to get Ben Simmons to join a Tatum and Brown? Do you have to get a third team involved? Have you worked the trade machine, Uh, Lee Ellis? I've tried to, and that's the thing. You absolutely have to get a third team involved because the best player realistically that the Sixers would want would be Marcus Smart. And you're not just going to give up straight up one for one. That's what I was talking about, the draft picks that the Celtics don't have to say, all right, we'll give you Smart and then a Josh Richardson and then three first round picks. They just they just don't have that to give up anymore. And you're not going to take back Al Horford. His time there in Philadelphia was a disaster anyway. And of course, at this stage of his career, you know, he's at the end of his career. So after that, 
Schroeder, I don't even think he can be traded right now, maybe in the next month or so when, uh, you know, because he's on a one-year deal there. Robert Williams, you know, sure, Grant Williams, those guys are nice, but there's just nothing there for Daryl Morey that he's like, okay, if I don't have Jalen Brown, you can just throw some of these other players at me because there's just not enough there. I think, again, I sort of talked about it yesterday. If the Indiana Pacers have decided that Miles Turner is not a part of their future, then then you can maybe get the wheels moving a little bit. But that's pure speculation on my behalf. I have no idea if the, if the Pacers are willing to give up. It just feels, though, that like maybe the Pacers need to shake things up as well after a bit of a rough start for them. Yeah, it, it is important to note when you're trying to come up with trades right now, like right this second, uh, that a number of players around the league, they're not eligible to be traded until mid-December for free agents that sign in the offseason or until mid-January when many players who sign like veteran extensions, uh, who I believe Marcus Smart being one of those. So, you know, even if yeah. he's involved in a, in a deal to the Sixers or a three-team deal, this isn't happening until uh, mid to late July or whatever the heck it is, Tass. But, you know, can you can you come up with something? Is there anything, uh, a third team especially? Is it the Pacers? Is it another squad where, okay, you could see Celtics sending a package of players <laughs> and their own picks maybe, to that team to then get Simmons to them and, of course, uh, Jalen Brown going to Philadelphia. Is there anything that you could work or figure out? Mm, Well, I think you need two parts uh, to make this work. You need a team that's willing to take a risk, that team uh, that, uh, unlike the Boston Celtics who are playing a little bit better, a team that's just struggling just a little bit and are willing to say, yeah, Ben Simmons, why not? Why not? And the second thing is, I think Philly has to get, yeah, if, if it's a three-team and Jalen Brown comes around, or uh, some sort of on-the-ball defender uh, that, like, Ben Simmons would, you know, uh, sort of replicate. Like, the Malcolm Brogdon thing from Indiana made sense, although he signed an extension, so he's off the table. I think what you threw out there with the Kings there on Twitter, Skeets, <laughs> they got people riled up, but it fits the bill. Kings, willing to take a risk. Uh, the, you know, the things aren't flying all that well. They've got right. replacements over there with Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell. So maybe De'Aaron Fox gets out of there. I don't think that's happening. Uh, but, 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 but there just isn't a really good one out there. So that's why I bring it up. I, I, is there a better one than that? Where uh, the Kings and the Celtics find a way to, to you know, trade those best pieces? That I mean, the Sixers, they're not going to end up with Jalen Brown. They're going to end up with something not as good and i know i know marcus smart is obviously not the player jalen brown is but at this point it's not a horrible consolation package it's not terrible i know it's not ideal but he kind of fits the bill of an on-ball defender who can handle the ball uh yeah i i mean it's it's tough sledding right now if you're daryl moore it's just the value obviously could not be lower um but but don't the kings make a little bit of logical sense there. Well, I'll, I'll throw it out for those that didn't catch my tweet last night that did riled up the, six, uh, the Sacramento Kings fans. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the third team that I was like searching for, maybe it's Sacramento, who will be 15 games below 500 because they always are uh, come January when you could trade Marcus Smart. And there's some sort of Smart, Robert Williams, maybe Neesmith, like uh, you know, a, a young, talented Celtics. Picks would be included to then have Fox go to the Sixers and Simmons go to the Celtics. That would be the third team involved. I get it, Trey. It's not that exciting if I'm a Kings fan. Like, I read that tweet and I go, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I love De'Aaron Fox. Everybody knows that watches this show. I love De'Aaron Fox probably more than anyone, and I know he's even struggling right now. My point is, you know, if the, if the pick capital was better, and that goes back to what you were saying, Lee, I could see it. I could see maybe it happening. 
But with what they could offer right now in terms of picks, and then these players that I just mentioned, it's not all that exciting. I get it from uh, from the King side of things. Why they're like, why would we get involved in this? But Trey, do you have any thoughts, or maybe a better one even? No, I definitely don't have any better ones, Skeets, because once it goes to a three-team trade, I refuse to operate the trade machine at that <laughs> point because it's hard enough to get a three-team trade done in the NBA to actually get three people to agree. It's not just one creep sitting alone in the basement trying to figure out trades here. So. I don't know. If you're the Kings, maybe you can talk yourself into it because you've got a ton of point guards right now, having drafted Halliburton and Mitchell in the past couple of drafts. You bring in Ben Simmons, another theoretical point guard, but at least he's taller, so I guess that makes some sense. But the problem with the Celtics is they have two difference makers, and that's what Daryl Morey has said. They've got Jason Tatum and they got Jalen Brown. It doesn't feel like they're going to trade one of those straight up to the Sixers. So then you got to start looking at these three teamers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, sure, De'Aaron Fox going to the Sixers would be awesome for the Sixers. But I don't know. The Kings just signed him to an extension and now they want to move on already. I mean, maybe so. But I don't think Simmons is that big of an upgrade over De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, it's uh, very, very difficult to find one that makes a lot of sense. But maybe... If the Sixers continue to keep winning here, Lee, you know, Maury just buys himself some more time. You're not you're not felt as rushed. Now, he said he's, he could do all four years uh, of this, you know, stand still here with Ben Simmons. I don't believe that. I don't think anybody does. But, you know, if they're at the top of the Eastern Conference, you don't really need to panic and say, God, we got to get some players in here, even though Ben Simmons is not playing. Though they're short on guys. So let's yeah. just get, let's just sort of spin to that. And then last night's game against the Knicks, because we learned that Joel Embiid has returned a positive test for COVID-19. This happened on Monday morning. He was already expected to sit out last night's game, but now he's going to miss probably 10 days per the NBA's health and safety protocols. That would mean Embiid's going to miss at least five games, potentially returns at some point late next week. But they are just getting (laughs) ravaged right now, the Sixers are, with guys entering the league's protocols so far this season. Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Embiid now... um, Isaiah Joe, uh, also in the mix here. Uh, where did you come from? Isaiah Joe. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what even this Embiid uh, news has on all of this trade talk, Trey. I, I don't know if it ramps it up more, if there's still no rush. Any thoughts on that? Well, that's why I thought Embiid was under a ton of pressure this year, because anytime he misses games, there's not that next player to step in and be the number one guy, especially in the situation the Sixers find themselves in now, where Simmons is out and Tobias Harris is also missing time as well. You saw last night uh, against the Knicks, they looked shorthanded, uh, you know, waiting for Steph or Seth Curry to make plays off the dribble, Tyrese Maxey, they've both been pretty solid to start the season, but when they're thrust into the number one role, that's a big lift for uh, players who are generally uh, support players in the starting lineup. But the good thing about last night, no Joel Embiid, meant Andre Drummond got some serious run there, Skeetsy. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Andre Drummond had 25 rebounds. Welcome back, you big, beautiful beefer. That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh yeah, 
10 months between beefs for Andre Drummond. He was our original beefer along with DeMontis Sabonis. 25 oh. rebounds, most rebounds in a game thus far this season. Also the first time that the Sixers have had 25 or more rebounds in a game since 1987 when the round mound of beef himself, Charles Barkley, put up 25 in a loss to the Bulls where Michael Jordan had 56. If we had a show 34 years ago, I think we would have led with that one. A 25 board game and a 56 point game. As for the rest of this, obviously no Embiid, no Harris, no Simmons, all the other guys you mentioned, Skeets, even Isaiah Joe, and the Knicks handled their business. They had a big lead in the first half. Sixers did a good job to make it close in the second half. They got it to within one point a couple of times in the third and fourth quarter. But then with five minutes left, it was a five-point Knicks lead, and Julius Randle checked back in, and he put the team on his back. Scored 10 points on four or five shooting down the stretch. Had eight straight at one point. Had George saying, yang it, the way he was taking him to the hole. Off the dribble there, popped a three in his face as well. Then they tried Danny Green, too small, three in his face. And then Tyrese Maxey got switched on to Julius Randle, so he took him down, grabbed the big offensive rebound, put it back in. That was really the backbreaker. He finished with 31-12. and 12. It was the full bing-bong and a big Knicks bing-bong. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought this was going to be like a 30-point blowout task because they were up huge, like Trey said, I think up 19 in the first half. And Philly did go on a pretty damn impressive run in the third quarter. It kept me watching as we entered the final frame. Hell, uh, didn't Niang gangbang a three there with like five minutes to go yeah. and it was a one-point game? And I was like, Jesus, this would be an incredible Sixers win and a brutal Knicks loss. But as Trey said, Randall took over there late. And uh, when he's got, when you can add the three-point shot to what we know he can sort of do inside and from mid-range, then he's a really, really dangerous player, I think. This is a wild Sixers team that they were able to fight short on bodies. They're missing their top three players in Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. And uh, they still are able to go deep on that roster and figure out a way. Doc Rivers is doing it. He is uh, a Coach of the Year candidate, no doubt. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the Niang gang fighting through. Isaiah Joe not playing in this one, unfortunately. They just got great names on this roster. It goes pretty deep. I, I, you, you mentioned the, the Cotton Eye Joe. That's, I don't know why they haven't run with that. The <laughs> fact that he comes in, he comes in, and they and they ask him if he's broken protocol. They they should just sing. Oh, where did you come from? Where did you go? I want to know Cotton Eye Joe. I mean, right. I want to know Isaiah Joe. Where have you been? And so everybody, uh, I, it, it, it ravaged them this year. Ravaged them last year. If you remember, Seth Curry went through it. Uh, a lot of guys have gone through it. Uh, the fact that they're they keep winning games. They're fighting. This was a game that the Knicks won, and it wasn't a game that the Sixers lost. The Sixers are just fighting. But tough part is the schedule is so tough that they're they're going up against now, uh, especially with Joel Embiid out. So, yeah, they've started the season off incredibly well. But now, 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 after this 8-3 start is where things will get very real. But Doc Rivers, much respect to him and the way he's got them fighting. Yeah, Lee, anything from this game last night? The New York Knicks just look happier playing on the road right now this season. They're 5-1, and one, they're 2-3 and three at home, and Julius Randle, even though his actual scoring is higher in Madison Square Garden, on the road, he just shoots better, and I think he passes better. I think there's the pressure of now playing in, New- in Madison Square Garden. Their fans <laughs> are expecting something. I mean, it's completely unscientific at this point, but I am monitoring it through the season because they've lost a couple of stinkers at home, and I think that does affect them. They just look looser on the road. So uh, I'll keep tracking this as the season goes on and if okay, it works good. in my favor i'll keep reminding people if it doesn't i'll, I'll completely ignore it but uh five and one on the road right now for the knicks that's pretty impressive yeah unfortunately for knicks fans nerland's noel had to leave this one with a knee injury i think it was danny green 
falling into him there, uh, buckling his knee. And this guy just can't he can't catch a break, Nerlens Noel. I mean, he missed uh, all of preseason, missed a good start of this season. He missed his first seven games, finally got back. You know, he's getting into the rotation, finding some minutes again because he played really well for them last year uh, on a surprising Knicks team. And uh, and here he goes down again, Lee, which uh, sucks. I don't know how severe it is. Didn't look good. Never when a guy crashes into like a seven-footer's knee and it sort of goes backwards a little bit. But uh, I guess we'll see here with Nerlens Noel. It just sucks. Yeah, it does. I mean, this is a guy, of course, who uh, has bounced around a fair bit in his young career, and uh, the Knicks re-signed him. And you know if Tom Thibodeau re-signed you, he loves you, and you're probably with Thibs for life. Uh, so he's going to get a role out there. But he, he's perfect in a backup role as a center. He can contest shots. He can rebounds. He's not a starting center, I don't think, in the NBA, but uh, someone who can come out there and really give them good support. So hopefully it's not too serious. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see in the next few days. If and you're Trey- watching this right. game, it got super loud in terms of Knicks fans in Philadelphia, yeah. they were there. They were rampant. So how does that uh, factor into the scientific equation, Lee, where oh. they've, got, uh, they've got Knicks fans everywhere, as, as yeah, Evelyn points out in the team stream. There are a lot of bing-bongers in the Wells Fargo. Yeah. I thought they were louder than Sixers fans. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's where the science comes into play here, Tassie. I'll have to evaluate all those aspects. But uh, honestly, for me, it was purely a visual thing of looking at Julius Randle just like more comfortable. That's that he just looks like because we all know that in Madison Square Garden, that when the expectations are low, it's kind of like, well, we don't expect our team to do well. You start off the season with that banger they had against the Boston Celtics. I mean, the Knicks are back, remember? They had Cuomo, they had de Blasio, but now they've got the Knicks <laughs> and they're back. So, uh, <laughs> the curse of Bing Bong, it could hey, be. Listen, I, I just I can't believe that it doesn't have an impact on you when you're playing in Madison Square. The, the fans expect every night to come away with a, a victory. And, you know, they lost to the uh, the Magic and they lost to another team they should have beaten. I can't remember who it was. Pacers? Uh, Wait, no, was that it? was on the road. Uh, just recently. Anyway, the the uh, we'll see. Five and one on the road. The Raptors? So, uh, Cavs and Raptors? The Raptors Cavs, the Cavs. The Cavs uh. was the one, yeah. So, uh, anyway. Okay, uh, with Andre Drummond, I'm sure you saw this, Trey, but I just wanted to share it with everybody here joining us live and listening later. 85th big beef for Andre Drummond in his career. Is that true? That's what they said. What? And it caught me by surprise. 85? That's what they said. That's impossible. I'm just saying, I heard that. And I was like, my mouth, yeah, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, what? I mean, he might. Uh, let me consult the Kirby Sports Bureau here for okay. a minute, Skeets. You tap dance for a second now. Yeah, there's 80, no 85. I'm, I, this, so I that swear w- to that God, they said this on like the broadcast. Maybe I just heard it. Yeah, I mean, and look, he was Not, in Detroit no. in, a, in a city that, you know, on a team that wasn't really making the headlines, so he could have done it, you know? I mean. Come on, come on. Who's wow. going to clarify? Trey's counting them up, or we got the stream team <laughs> so, doing yeah, their work. Got, you know, this is his 10th season. This is crazy. Oh, maybe it was, this is crazy. It's 85. Wow. Unbelievable. This guy's wow. a big, beautiful beefer. He wow. should get a crown. He should get to wear a crown around. I remember last year we started tracking these things. I was like, this guy is clearly going to be the beef king. He was running away yeah. with it. He had three in a month. Uh, and then basically the Cavs shut him down, shipped him to Los Angeles. No beefs. But the beef is back. That's incredible to me. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Embiid is the guy they should trade. Let the beef run wild here. <laughs> I, 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 I want to say, say it was Kate Scott dropping that uh, stat. That that's incredible. So. That's that yeah. is amazing. I'm going through year by year. First year didn't have one, but second year came out, beefed it up seven times. That's a huge number. Right. And then his third year, what a year that was. We're talking double decker beefs. We're talking double digit <laughs> beefs. One, two, three, four, wow, five, six. Patties. 
That's like 11 beefs. So, yeah, 85. That makes sense. You need about 10 a year. He had 11, I think, his second year. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. All right. Well, uh, let's get to more beef in a second here. We're going to take our first break. We'll get into the Jokic-Morris fracas and whether or not uh, suspensions will be handed out by the league. Um, We'll talk about Steph Curry and his 50-point performance. A lot of other entertaining games as well we'll get to. But a quick break to pay the bills. What do we got? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Okay, back with no dunks here. Let's do a little games recap by way of true or false. Okay, I'm convinced this music for our true or false intro is also used in How Does This Get Made? You ever <laughs> seen that show, mm. uh, Lily and uh, JD? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen it, and uh, I just actually, when you mentioned that this morning, I went and listened to it, and it's similar, but I don't think it's the same. Ah, but there's, but, it's but, very but, but hold on. Well, there's probably what eighteen seasons of it, so they may, they may have actually. I think I was listening to season twelve version. Spoiler! So. Spoiler alert! Don't tell me what they're making. <laughs> or how rocking chairs? Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I, I can definitely hear the similarity. Okay, similarity. Okay. So every time I see that on TV, I'm like, oh, that's the true or false music. Okay, it's not the exact same. Good to know. I, I can sleep at night now. Um, so. <laughs> Little games recap with some true or false questions. We'll ask these questions to everybody here in the stream team. Let's see your answers. To the guys here, everybody listening later, tweet at us, at NoDunksInc. Leave them in the YouTube comments, wherever you want. First one, Curry scored 50 last night in a win over the Hawks. Golden State improved to 9-1. He also had 10 assists, his first ever 50-10 game task. So true or false? Just just rip the Band-Aid off here and ask it. True or false, Steph Curry's going to win his third MVP. Oh, I want to say yes after that 
50 points, 28 shots. He wasn't, he wasn't pushing it at all. He wasn't just trying to get up there. I mean, right when he got close there to 50, yeah, he was trying to get to 50. But uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say yes. I think he's going to fall a little short. Who the heck knows, really? If the Warriors keep this up, he's got a good shot. But I think Steve Kerr has a better shot at coach of the year because Steph... His numbers aren't as good as the MVP years, and I think that's going to hurt him just a little, other than the free throw percentage where he's shooting 98% from the line. What? He's 50 of 51 from the line. Other than that number, the numbers are down a little bit, so I think that hurts. Um, but the fact that they have jumped up as a team, yeah, you mentioned they're 9-1. and one. They were 20th in offense last year, which was a disgrace with Steph Curry on that roster having a ridiculous year. But the reason why I think Steve Kerr should be a lead for coach of the year right now is because of everything he's done around Steph to make this team better. So I think voters will say in both the MVP voting and the coach of the year voting, well, this team is that good. Why? Well, because Steph is raising the bar of this team, but also because Steve Kerr has turned all these guys into players. You know, Damian Lee over the years, watching Steph Curry run around and be incredible. He's turned Gary Payton the second into a guy who's sort of on the periphery of a roster. Now he's dunking on people because he's playing like a center because he can't shoot. Yeah, let's just pick and roll. Otto Porter, all these guys, Nemanja Bialica, all these guys down the line. So I think Steve Kerr mm-hmm. would probably get first in line before uh, Steph would win MVP. But obviously, uh, Steph is right up there. The question is now, 9-1, and one, they've had a bit of a softy of a schedule. It's yep. going to get a, a little tougher, and the wins won't come as easy, and I think teams are going to start hitting shots against them. Uh, but I mean, if, you're, if you're beating teams like the Hawks, I think uh, you know the, the number one seed is, is the Jazz's to lose, I think, in the Western Conference. But the Warriors... Um, I think, I think they'll be able to play with them throughout the year. So, yeah, Steph's got a great shot, and he's got the narrative of, who's their second-best player? You know, Draymond? Well, how, how are they doing it? Well, I think Steve Kerr's got a huge, huge reason to do with that. Bet MGM, as of this morning, Trey, has Curry as the favorite for MVP. Plus 275, then it's plus 550 for Durant and Giannis. And then it goes from there, like Luka and Bede and Jokic and all that. So, what do you think with this true or false? Is he, uh, can he do this? Is he going to win a third MVP? I would say lock it in. Uh, at least through 10 games, he's sitting at the head of the MVP table. Steph Curry finished third in MVP voting last year, missed nine games, got more first place votes than Joel Embiid did. And that was a season he led the league in scoring. He's second right now, like Tass is saying. He's knocking it down at the free throw line. Has actually had a kind of up and down season. He's had a couple of huge explosions, but a couple of games like in opening night when he said he played like trash despite having a triple-double. But... I mean, the Warriors look like the best team in the Western Conference through the first three weeks of the season. That's not a long time, but you got to win the games you play. So their schedule is soft, and Curry looks incredible. He looks like he's playing at least at an MVP level. We saw the respect he had last year in a down season for the Warriors. So if the team is actually this good or approaching this good, if they finish top two or three in the Western Conference, I think Curry is the easy choice. Lee, true or false? Curry, third MVP. Uh, true for now, yes. I think he's the clubhouse leader pretty far ahead too. I don't think Durant and Giannis, especially considering the Bucks' record, are really that close, but it is only 10 games in. So so the Bucks will be better. I'm sure they'll be better, especially once they get their guys back. And you just wonder if the Warriors can keep up this pace right now. I mean, 9-1, and one, so you figure they're going to drop off at some point. But if Steph stays healthy and the Warriors win 55 to 60 games, yeah. 
he's probably going to win it, I, I think. I mean, it's almost like the narrative is coming back. Like, you know, Steph, people sort of, I think, turned on him a little bit when they didn't win the championship. And now it's like, oh, actually, we do love this guy again. Uh, and if he puts on performances like he did last night, which was actually predicted by Candace Parker, by the way, she tweeted out before the game here, Steph is going to have 50 tonight. Anytime you play against the young protege, you've got to let him know. Incredible stuff from Candace Parker. And uh, Trey Young was I think he's averaging 39 points per game against <laughs> Trey Young in matches. Yes. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trey Not Young bad. had a had a no. good two and a half quarters there, but uh, but Steph really did uh, put the foot down there and, and, and showed him the difference between uh, a potential and a superstar. And uh, Hawks struggling, continue to struggle right now. They've got it on a back-to-back. They go to Utah tonight. Oof, things are getting a little bit tough there for them. But uh, mm-hmm. when Steph's playing like this with that freedom and that fluidity, uh, he's beautiful to watch. He's just, I mean, he's so gorgeous to watch shoot the basketball. And, so uh, gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. I mean, you know, nine for 19 <laughs> so from downtown. I think, he, I think he had the first eight points of the game there too last night. He was just, uh, those uniforms look great. The uh, court looked beautiful. It was a, it was a very nice, uh, aesthetically pleasing game last night. Uh, I the, do have a question, world. especially for you, Lee Ellis, because mm. you were on record having gone nuts before with people Patting their stats, as you say. You've pointed it out with Russell Westbrook millions of times on this show. But no issues when a guy's just uh, gunning for 50, which he absolutely was. And I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I just want to get your take on a guy like Curry doing that last night. He's at 47. Game's pretty much in hand. He's still out there, and he's trying to get to 50. Yeah. No, no issues when... Well, he does that or somebody else does it? It, it? It's it's not about whether or not you have an issue. It's whether or not he's pretending he's doing it or he's not. And he was not <laughs> pretending that he wasn't doing it. He was going for it. Okay. Every player in the NBA pads their stats to some degree. Right. You know, because they want that extra rebound. They want that extra assist, that extra basket. They hold onto the ball until just after the shot clock goes off so they don't miss a three-pointer. Sure. So the, my point is everybody does it. Some a little bit more uh, obvious than others. Russell Westbrook for one, but Steph Curry does it as well. Steph Curry also tries to embellish calls, you know, so he's not perfect. It's not like he's above criticism of any kind. He's tried to do that. And last night he tried to get 50 and he got it. Mm -hmm. Now, would Russell Westbrook be happy with a guy going for 50 in a blowout? I mean, that's the real question here. So that's a great Um, point. Turn it on its head. I think what's funny though is entering last night's game, Curry had been in a bit of a slump for him. He had been held to 20 or fewer points in four consecutive games. For the first time since 2014, I read. Uh, so again, for Curry, wow. he's in a he's in a slump. It didn't really matter because they're playing a lot of shitty teams and beating them, so their record's amazing. Um, but then he popped off for 50, and suddenly uh, he's back at the top of the MVP leaderboard or at the table uh, ordering for everyone. And I tend to agree. I mean, when you're nine and one, I mean, yeah. that's pretty damn impressive. And he has amazing numbers too. I saw that Basketball Reference finally fired up their. Um, NBA MVP like tracker that we've talked about before Curry is first right now with like a 37% chance uh, to win MVP followed by Jokic Butler Kevin Durant and can you name the fifth guy DeRozan no he's sixth and I think he actually would be uh, if I was making my my list of my five guys I think I would have him at the table no it's one other guy that you Morant no he's he's sort of in play too um Good team, but this guy's not a scorer, so you never you always forget about Rudy. Him. Rudy, yeah, Rudy yeah. Gobert there yeah. with the big like, what's he averaging like? You know, fifteen and yeah. sixteen. I'm sure. What, is somebody getting a phone call right now? Or 
A text message? Yeah, I'm getting dings. Okay. Bing bong! I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure I'm not hearing this things. This is not the daily ding task. Pretty sure I heard a leaf blower uh, about a half hour ago, ah, yeah, too. But we don't even mention it now. It's just common. Uh, okay. <laughs> Our next one here, and this is off the uh, Jokic and Markeith Morris fracas, as I said. Which the Nuggets won, by the way, 113.96. The true or false question. And we're going to show you the play here, too. Or the, or the bumping and the pushing and the shoving and all that. Is true or false? A suspension is coming for specifically Jokic, the reigning MVP, Lee. And I know JD's got the clip so we can start talking about it while we watch it. But what did you think about the whole incident and do you think he deserves a suspension for it? Uh, I've got him down for at least one game, probably two, uh, because it was a pretty severe reaction to a cheap foul. But it was a retaliation foul. And I think he probably gets some lenience from the league from that. It wasn't like uh, he just did it for no reason. But the fact that Mark uh, Eve Morris was down for a while and he was injured, I don't think he avoids getting a suspension at all. But the fact here is that, it, you know, he wasn't unprovoked. Morris knew what he was doing. This wasn't a take foul. This, a take foul stops the play. You know, the guy who is getting fouled can pretty much see it coming and he knows that the guy's going to sort of, you know, obviously foul the guy without intenting, uh, without injuring him or trying to hurt him in any way. But it's not bodying a guy who was in his shooting motion. And that's what Morris did. He bodied it. And so, you know, he could have put his hand out and sort of wrapped up Jokic at that stage of the game, but he didn't do that. He, he clattered into him. But that also doesn't allow you a blank slate to just drill a guy from behind with the ferocity that Jokic did. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the thing here, that, that, you know, Jokic retaliated to a dirty foul committed on him with another dirty foul on, on Morris, and, you know, from behind as well. Right, right. But Jokic's foul doesn't happen without Morris's first. But I will say as well, the Miami Heat, look, they're playing victim here. Nobody would speak to the media after the game except for Eric Spolstra. And I think, you know, Jimmy Butler wanted to fight everyone last night. They didn't speak to the media because they knew they were going to get asked the question, well, what did Morris do first? What, you know, did he deserve some sort of retaliation? And they just didn't want to have to face up to that. Eric Spolstra, who I absolutely admire and respect, I think he's done incredible things for starting as a video editor, after the game said, oh, it was just a take foul. And he sort of tried to catch himself a little bit and say, with maybe a little bit more. But that's not a take foul. That is not a take foul at all. So uh, my impression of it is that uh, Morris deserved retaliation. But I think Jokic, you know, steaming into him from behind like that is probably going to get him, I think, two games. And, and again, Morris was down. He was off. I mean, but yeah, look, Jokic, his, his, Jokic. He, his neck whiplashed. He stayed yeah. down for a while. They brought the stretcher out. Uh, fortunately, they didn't have to carry him out on the stretcher. Now, I know some people are going to say he's acting bullshit. He's playing it up. Uh, who knows? Uh, as for them not talking to the media after the game, Lee, I guess... Uh, you could you could look at it another way as they were worried that the teams being around each other in the hallway, like you said, Jimmy barking at everyone. These two teams are hot. It's near the end of the game there, so it wasn't over much longer. They just wanted to keep them apart. I guess they had more cops out there in the hallway, so it was like sort of a decision to like, don't even have the chance of them crossing paths here, going back to the media room and stuff like that. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, look, Unless it's they possible. Could have been ducking too. It's possible, but you you really have to face those questions because okay. in yeah. my in my belief. No one wanted to have to answer that question from Miami. And, and again, I understand uh, Eric Spolstra going into bat for his guy saying, well, that was uncalled for, that was unnecessary. But again, it does not happen without Morris doing what he did first. So okay. now the, the one. So question, two wrongs don't make a right here, though, you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just think the reaction from Jokic was, you know, 
very very harsh uh, you know to drill him from behind like that and i don't think he avoids it but he he showed remorse and he had provocation behind him so that's why yep. i think he gets two games yeah he did say after the game test you know he's talking about himself it's a stupid play i feel bad this is what he said uh in talking to the media because the nuggets did you know they both got ejected I, I didn't say that off the top there uh Jokic is gone Morris they ultimately look at it he's gone Butler I think hit with a tech for like you know again like barking at everybody and wanting to fight everybody um but suspension for Jokic you think you agree with Lee two games one or is it sort of over now and they won't they won't suspend him yeah it looked bad so he's gonna get one um it was yeah the uh, an unnecessary hit followed by a more unnecessary hit by Nikola Jokic. Number one, yeah, I'm not sure why Markeith Morris is bodying him like that. There's no need for that. Uh, you know, and, he, and Jokic was in a bit of a vulnerable position having his arms up. He went straight at the ribs. He could have had a, a cracked Jokic rib right there. Uh, but Jokic, yeah, he, he turned it up. The retaliator is always the one who gets caught. And it's interesting. The refs talked about it afterwards. They said in a roundabout way that if Jokic didn't do what he did, then... Uh, Morris wouldn't have got ejected uh, so because uh, Jokic didn't get injured by any means. And, and I think the same goes for the Jokic hit. If Morris doesn't lie on the ground, I don't think Jokic even gets ejected or he doesn't get a suspension, that's for sure. So it's all yeah. about yeah the ramifications and him lying on the floor. And luckily for everybody, the Jokic brothers, uh, as we know, Nikola Jokic's brothers, some tough dudes. They're sitting in the stands. Uh, they're they're always there supporting their bro. Uh, luckily, Marcus Morris, bro of of Markeef, and and the Jokic bros weren't uh, weren't in the back scrapping themselves because uh, uh, yeah, this could have turned into a melee. And I, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, it's hard to if you take out the take fouls that we're all talking about as a as something that's kind of not fun to watch. Just just guys just taking. Uh, intentional fouls. I think, yeah, Markeith Morris went over there literally to take a foul. And then, uh, you know, when Jokic put his arms up, he was in this vulnerable position and he threw a shoulder into those ribs, unnecessary, followed by another one. And uh, Jokic, that, Jokic, I'm sure it was hurt. Like he, he, it was, it, I think it was like a guttural reaction. He got, he just got hit in a, a spot where it did not feel good. So he came up and hammered uh, Markeith Morris after that. So it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe these things stop if we take out these intentional fouls out of the game because that wouldn't have happened if, uh, you know, the the uh, the penalty for the, the intentional fouls is different. If it's two in the ball, they start playing basketball again because that's not basketball uh, by any means. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's kind of crappy. A 17-point game there at the end. The Heat were also hot because they just got spanked. They got well, blown Well, that's out. exactly, and we don't show you in the clip because it's a little too long, but... Yeah, take foul, whatever the hell Morris is doing. He's actually pissed off that Bam Adebayo, at the rim, appeared to maybe get hit by Jokic. There's no foul called. Bam goes down. He's, like, on the ground, like, you know, what the hell. And Morris sticking up for his guy, sticking up, you know, goes and lays out Jokic with, again, I put in air quotes, a take foul, and then turns his back, Trey. And Jokic, who has proven to have a bit of a temper, he might be a temper boy, you know, levels him. And he hit him hard. Like, okay. He, he smashed him into him, man. Yeah, but he hit him hard and he's not looking. I think it's different if he had spun Morris around because he's pissed off and went face-to-face with him and maybe pushed him. And maybe there is no suspensions coming. But, yeah, the, the hit from behind is a pretty dirty look. And he agreed. I mean, Jokic's words. 
dirty play. But what do you think? Is he getting a suspension? Super cheap shot from Jokic and totally deserves a suspension in my book because he is a repeat temper boy offender at this point, Skeets. Like you're saying, he was ejected from the Nuggets loss to the Suns. Uh, I think it was game four last year for hitting Cameron Payne in the face, also from behind. So that to me is the the big differentiator there. Yeah, Uh, Morris went overboard with his foul too, but that is a take foul, which we see a lot. Morris gave him a shoulder because that's what Markeith Morris does. So Jokic retaliated, Morris didn't see it coming, and because of how hard Jokic hits him, and the way he hits him, it looks really bad. So I think Jokic is gonna get suspended for at least one game, maybe two, and I think it's totally deserved. Do you think Morris, if Jokic gets a game suspension or two, like Lee says, is it fair that Morris also gets a game, Lee? Like, because you go back to what you said of, like, I mean, he does he does check him in the ribs. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't slap him and like or wrap him up. Uh, what do you think? Is that in play or is it just going to be Jokic that ultimately gets the uh, game or two? It, it, it's in play because it is a dirty foul. And, and again, the guy who's in shooting motion when his arms are up like that, you're, you are vulnerable, as Tass points out. You know, that's the worst time to sort of hit a guy in the ribs. Um, and it did lead to something more. I, again, you know, we, we I think we agree that Jokic did perhaps overreact. But again, if, if a guy whacks you when the game's over like that, in the heat of the moment, you know, you want to retaliate. And so 100%. That's what, 100%. I yeah. actually like himself sticking up for it. Exactly. This is what he said, too. He's like, you can't come and body check me. And, and not expect no nothing in return. Yeah. Now, and, and, I, I just don't think he should have obviously pushed him from behind. Right. But, but let's say Split Morris, second, he's pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And let's say Morris... Puts a hand out, turns around, says, sorry, that was, I, you know, that was too much. I didn't mean to do that. But Morris walks off. You know, he doesn't show any remorse for what he just no, did. No, no, no. So I think that's, uh, again, a part of it. Jokic may have been more sympathetic if he's like, okay, that was a cheap foul, but you sort of, you know, maybe you just got caught up in the moment. But Morris just walks off like, yeah, I hit him. I don't care. And and so Jokic, I think uh, you had the fire in his eyes and, and responded. So I, I'm not sure if Morris gets a game. I mean... Potentially he does uh, because it was a bit of an ugly incident there. And they, I guess they just, you know, I guess they want to er- eradicate those type of fouls uh, immediately if they can from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't play until Wednesday night, I think the Nuggets do. So we maybe find out later today, Tass, if he gets suspended or not. Might be tomorrow. They, they take their time with these sometimes. I always expect them to like, by the time we're done recording, to have the answer. But they, they sometimes go very, very long with deciding mm-hmm. whether or not they're actually going to uh, warrant down as, or, or hand out a suspension, I should say. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll find out, I guess, soon enough. I guess they have other things to do. But, yeah, I mean, for, <laughs> I, yeah what, how long does it take to make the decision? I don't know factoring in every previous suspension in the history of the National Basketball Association. It's, it's a good question. Is What's the war room like? What kind of snacks do they have in there while they're talking about it? All right, let's hear from everybody. I know a lot of people, uh, at least in the stream team, sort of sounds like they don't think he should be suspended, mainly because it's all Morris's fault by triggering it and what he did and how he hit him. Um, fascinating. We'll see. If I'm a betting man, I think he gets one game. Uh, Jokic does. That's what I'll, that's what I'll uh, put my money on, at least happening. Another game last night. Keep it going here. Bulls pulled away on the fourth. What a fourth quarter from those Chicago Bulls. They win 118-95 to snap the Brooklyn's Nets. Five-game run there. So, Trey, I can't believe when I started writing this down this morning that I was going to be asking this question, and you're going to answer first. True or false here with these Bulls? Are they a legit Eastern Conference contender? What's going on with them? All right, Skeets. In my heart, where I bleed and see red underneath (laughs) this this No Dunks Chicago Bulls t-shirt, the answer is true. 
But underneath my Carhartt Bulls hat, where I use my brain to carefully consider each team's strengths and weaknesses, then give a non-biased opinion, the answer is absolutely true. Yeah, it is. The Bulls are back, baby. Huge win last night over the Nets. Eerily similar to the Celtics game last week. The Nets were in control for three quarters of this game, basically. They took a two-point lead heading into the fourth. But the Bulls bench really flipped the script, brought tremendous energy, a lot of deflections to start the quarter, and then the team caught fire from three. Went five of six uh, from downtown in the fourth quarter. Io hit one, Caruso hit one, DeRozan hit another one, had him going crazy. Even Vucevic came through <laughs> in back. the fourth quarter. I was high-fiving Kenzie. She's like, he really did it? He really made three shots in a row? Yeah, he did. This one turned into a blowout late, 42 to 17 for the Bulls in the fourth quarter. They win by 23, and honestly, it has been an encouraging week. They had the comeback blowouts. Very weird to say more than one comeback blowout, but it happened against the Celtics and the Nets. They played the Sixers close twice. Beating good teams never happened last season, and now at least the Bulls are competitive. They're top 10 on both sides of the ball right now, sixth on offense, fourth on defense. That is the definition of a contender. I'm not saying they're in the top tier of the Eastern Conference. That's likely still Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Philly's looking pretty good. The Heat have looked pretty good here, but if the matchups go the right way, if there's some luck in the Bulls' favor, it's not impossible they make a Hawks-like run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, that's sort of a good way to frame it. Can they do what the Hawks did last year? Uh, Lee, any chance? Are they an Eastern Conference contender of the Bulls? True or false? Uh, true, yeah. They'd say, why not? Right now they are, I think, <laughs> a, a chance early in the season. Uh, my concern is, even though Vooch was great last night, the last two losses came against a team that did have a big in Joel Embiid, and they had a, a bit of trouble handling him. The Nets don't have that same guy. Obviously, they have their own guy who's... Pretty good, Kevin Durant. But this game actually, to me, mirrored Sunday's Raptors-Nets game. It was tied at half, or close at halftime. I think the Raptors led. And then the Nets just turned it on in the third quarter. Well, this time in the fourth quarter, it was the opposite. The Nets had done to them what they did to Toronto. They just couldn't get a stop. And everyone for Chicago was uh, seemingly knocking in shots. Dasunmu, Io. Oh, my God. What a great guy, to, a fun guy to watch he is. And uh, DeRozan again, hitting threes as well. This was uh, a very, very impressive victory against the team that looked like they were in control. It looked like James Harden and Kevin Durant were, you know, steering the Nets home to victory here. But Chicago, I mean, I couldn't believe the final score. Uh, there was no way I could have believed it was going to be a blowout like that. Mm-hmm. So very, very impressive win. Um, yeah, they're a contender right now. Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tess, <laughs> you don't believe this, do you? The Bulls are not a legit Eastern Conference contender. I'm sorry. Trey, I get that he has to say they are. <laughs> Lee, I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. Talk some sense to the people here. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're going to put him in the same fam as the, the Hawks and what they were last year, then, yeah, I, th- I think they can definitely be in that okay. sort of okay. realm of things. Uh, the the yeah, great part of this game was that Vooch was playing like the big that they need him to play like. He was uh, a bit intimidating on the defensive end when they needed him to be, you know, a bit, a bit. I said a bit. He had a block. Uh, you know, he was around the rim. He's not intimidating <laughs> he enough. Uh, yeah, he, wor- he works against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, they, they're desperate for some bigs, and that's the worrisome part for sure. Uh, I don't think they're going to be steady enough. Like, they're going to go with uh, and flow with the shooting of Levine and DeRozan a lot of the times, and sometimes it's going to be great and sometimes it's not. And, the, and I'm, the sh- I'm, you know, it's a shocking number that they're still fourth on defense. I think that's going to come down. Um, but uh, on the other side, 
this watching this Nets team is uh, it's abysmal. I guess because you expect them to be great uh, and and they're they're not. They feel like they're a lot worse than their seven and four record. Yeah. Uh, but it, they're one game out of the lead in the Eastern Conference, and you know they're going to get better. And uh, that's why a lot of things are still wide open in this league. I think the MVP race is still wide open because a lot of teams have underperformed the Nets, the Bucks, uh, and and so uh, so is, are the standings. And that's why the Bulls feel like they have more of a shot than they usually would because right now at the top it's the Sixers who are going to probably come back to earth a little bit and, and the Bucks and Nets have you know, not played to that capability. So I know you don't want to buy it, skates, but um, <laughs> contender is a strong word. Yeah. But if it, you know, it all it, it always comes down to in the billion years that we've been doing this show, what does a contender mean? What does it mean? <laughs> like, yeah, they're not a favorite in the Eastern Conference, but see, contending by definition means if you're in the they, playoffs, you're technically a contender. I no, guess. can they can they <laughs> rattle the cages of the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks? They get into a series. Okay. Can they contend? Okay. That for that four I would agree quarters? with. They're good. Yeah. They're good. They're really solid. Every game I watch, uh, you know, more and more yeah. of the Bulls, you start to come around. Like maybe this is not, you know, fleeting, uh, and that they are legit. Also. Stacey King gained a new fan last night. I had this one on for a good chunk of the night, um, and I was watching it in my room, and Nora was, like, going in and out. She's like, who is this guy? Why is he yelling, <laughs> give him the hot sauce? And, like, he also yelled out TBJ at one point. Shout out to the basketball Jones. Troy Brown Jr. About, yeah, it's nice. right. Uh, so, yeah, she was a fan. She's like, he's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of lines. I was like, he has a line for everything. Oh, he's got a lot of lines. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Alice Caruso, he, like, leans into the turn up the AC, right? He's always yeah, talking yeah. about that now. Um, it yeah, wasn't just the hot the sauce quarter. last night. Like I said, five for six in the fourth quarter. And I think at one point he said, the hot sauce train is rolling. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Also, uh, my sister's favorite that you heard last night was uh, they were we're getting ready for the Dunkin' Donuts race, yeah. uh, you know, and Stacey King starts every single one with, will it be Biggie Bagel, dashing <laughs> donut or cuppy coffee? Will it be Biggie Bagel? <laughs> Who won last night? Uh, the bagel. Uh, I didn't check. Did the bagel win last night? Uh, and it's a re- uh, the, How my, do you know that? Wow. My issue with it is because I watched a Sunday Dunkin' Donuts race and a Monday Dunkin' Donuts race. And they were the exact same yeah. race Uh-oh. in a different arena. They just recorded one. Same thing. Uh, I think the bagel got out to a hot start. Here comes <laughs> cup of coffee. Coffee turns it on in, in uh, lap two. And then uh, Big Bagel wins and celebrates. Well, my, my issue with that race, I tweeted this before. They don't stagger them. I mean, whoever's on the inside is running way less than the guy on the outside. Oh, Dashing Donut is just messing around out there. Dashing Donut (laughs) runs like half as long of a distance as Biggie Bagel does on the outside. But Dashing Donut doesn't win every race. I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, guys. Um, I did think of a Ben Simmons trade, Lee. Oh, nice. For Harden. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean, if the Nets... If the Nets could get Kyrie Irving a vaccination and get him back, <laughs> I don't actually hate it. If I'm being honest, well, Daryl Morey, uh, and we know Morey wants it. Yeah, yeah, he would do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm sure we lost some uh, viewers mm. there throwing that one out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, other games last night. If anybody wants to touch on any, Grizzlies rallied to beat the Wolves eventually in overtime, 125-118. Insane uh, ending to regulation. I mean. John Morant, 
dunking in traffic, hitting a huge three. Carl Anthony Towns hitting a 35 foot, maybe more. Bank! Uh, bomb off the glass to, to send in overtime, but the uh, Grizzlies got it done. The Wolves should have won this game. Oh, like they were in yeah. control. It's like such a brutal, brutal loss for them. Uh, then we had Luka Doncic and the Mavericks overcoming a slow start. They beat the Pelicans, who their season is a wrap. It's done. Uh, beat them 108-92. Suns held off the Kings 109-104. Got a little help with an overturned call late in that one. Uh, and then the Lakers barely survived another late collapse. They beat the Hornets in overtime by three. Any of those, Lee, that you wanted to uh, touch on here? Well, you sort of covered the points there from the uh, Grizzlies and Timberwolves game. Uh, Chow Morant, that dunk in traffic to tie it up. It was just ridiculous how he was able to uh, elevate and then levitate and then uh, throw it down. It was great. Uh, but the Suns and Kings <laughs> game, the Suns and Kings game. Now, the Suns won this game. They were up big. They were up 20 points, and they were up in the sort of teens with about five minutes to go. And then the Kings... The defensive effort and energy and hustle they showed to get themselves back into this game was like, that's how you need to be from the start of the game. A team score still far too easily against Sacramento, but they locked in. I think Davion Mitchell, again, he is uh, he's such a great defensive uh, presence and, and uh, pest. He's going to be great like that throughout his career. But the Kings nearly pulled this off, and then there was a late call that was overturned. Mm-hmm. Probably a little bit unlucky, I think. It's one of those bang-bang plays. Devin Booker kind of got position, but he was also dragging his foot. Anyway, Harrison Barnes made the basket, would have been going to line to put, bring them within two points, but unfortunately it was overcall, overturned for the Kings. So the Suns hang on to win this one. But uh, yeah, the Kings, that, that that it was a little bit too little too late, but you just like, they can actually apply themselves defensively and not get into these positions where they're down 20 and are scrambling just to get back into a game. So pretty fun sort of uh, game there at the end. But um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that call or not. I, I, I thought it was probably a bit unlucky. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, that call seems to sort of just depend on, on who the referees are each night. Seemed to me that Booker leaned a little bit forward and dragged his foot a little bit backwards. I wouldn't have overturned it myself, but they did. And Took the, uh, forever, left. too, to oh take a look God. at it. Yeah. Holy crap, if it's taken that long, uh, I, I don't know. know. You, maybe, should, you shouldn't be not. able to overturn it at that point, <laughs> yeah. I think. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, good good win, win ultimately from the Suns to hold off the Kings. Tass, any of these games that you wanted to mention? Well, I know coming into the season, there was uh, you know the, the, the graphic makers out there, the people on social media looking to add a fourth member to the big three in the Los Angeles Lakers, and they're adding Carmelo Anthony to it just because... Carmelo has done what he's done throughout his career, and people joked about that. Well, Melo has been part of the big three. I mean, he is he's played better than Westbrook. That guy has been phenomenal coming off the bench, and he saved them last night. They gave up a fourth-quarter lead, and they won in overtime because Carmelo Anthony is scorching hot. He's scorching hot. He had mm-hmm. 7 of 10 threes, 9 of 13 from the field. Uh, And I know the three-point percentage of 52 is probably going to come down. Um, But, uh, man, what more could they ask for? Come off the bench, run three-point line to three-point line, and bang him home. And he's doing that at a better rate uh, than anybody. And they could have easily lost this game. And uh, I think Melo saved the day. He's going to help them. (laughs) If he keeps playing like this, get them to the postseason, along with Russell Westbrook, where... The big two should be taken over in LeBron and Anthony Davis, hopefully for them. I thought Russell Westbrook was going to be the guy to 
you know, get the regular season minutes and, and be enough to keep LeBron and Anthony Davis fresh. And hopefully he will be that, but Melo's playing his part. He's part of the big four, baby. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers are six and five. <laughs> they might be three and eight if Melo wasn't on this team. I don't even think I'm exaggerating. He has helped. Last night, absolutely helped them win the game. The bench was great for the Lakers. Uh, better than the starters outside of AD, really. And he's helped win them a couple other games, too, where he's just been on fire from distance. So it's a hell of an addition to this team, but ooh, they look rough. Though AD got all his pukes out, Trey, and had a pretty dominant performance there in a, in a game that was way too close for Lakers fans liking. I know, going to overtime, but they got it done. Almost a 5x5 five five as well, Skeets. 32-12, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 5 blocks. Uh, he's in the big 3 as well, so uh, use Canva Pro. Code no dunks if you're making your graphics. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got nothing for you on this one. Okay. I've just been uh, researching these Dunkin' Donuts races. I, I, think, I think all I have from those last night games, just at the end there, is just like the Wolves and the Kings, man. Like these games that they should freaking win, and they just... They just don't. These wasted opportunities, like a bad quarter here. I mean, I'm so tired of seeing Luke Walton post-game comments after a Kings loss. It's like always the same. I, I, it's like copy and pasted every time. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, I liked our fight, but we wasted that opportunity. And this quarter, it's like, yeah, this is the thing. Like, you got to get out of this funk. And they're, and they're five and six for the Kings. Okay, that's all right. But man, for the for, in order for those teams, Lee, to get into a play-in tournament, into the playoffs, they have to win these games. The Wolves absolutely should have yeah. won that game last night. They yep. played the Grizzlies for a good chunk of the game, and they just give it all away in the final five minutes. Obviously can't get them done in overtime, despite Cat getting them there. And then sort of the same with the Kings there, too. A little different than what happened with the Suns. They're playing a good team, but it's just like you don't win these games. You're not getting into the playoffs. Done. No, and if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, you now play the Warriors, Lakers, and Clippers all on the road before coming home to play the uh, Phoenix Suns. So, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. They also, the, the New Orleans Pelicans have one win this year. Guess who that came against? Minnesota. Um, they just don't have that ruthlessness about them. They just can't close out a team. The Memphis Grizzlies, as much as I love watching Ja Morant, they're just not a good defensive team. This was the, they, they both teams probably circled each other on the calendar last night and thought, yep, this is a win for us tonight. Uh, and the uh, Grizzlies leading by double digits late couldn't close it out. And it was only that freakish bomb from Cat that even got them into overtime. You know, so they were sort of playing with fire anyway there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so hard to see what the upside here is for the Timberwolves. You know, some decent players. Anthony Edwards is good to watch. D'Angelo came back. He was good for them last night. But if they can't beat a Grizzlies team from that position, then uh, it's really, really hard to see how, how Minnesota string any sort of consecutive wins together. All right, let's take one more break, and then we'll get to a very fun tweet of the night and our pick'em results. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist 
and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Lily, Tweet of the Night, man. What do you got? Yes, and it comes from uh, Twitter um, Savant, would we say that? About uh, Rex Chapman, who's really, uh, really added to his profile. He's really blown up on Twitter in the last couple of years. And he tweeted this out yesterday. Said, tell something about yourself that sounds like a lie but is actually true. The first NBA game I attended, I played in. Okay, wow. that's pretty. That that's... is pretty amazing, isn't it? Really, like you would think, like a, a, a basketball protege growing up, he would have at least gone to a game. He's from Kentucky though, so they didn't have an NBA team. So right. uh, maybe that's part of the reason. But I thought that's not a bad little exercise for us to go through here this morning. So I'll go first. The first one-on-one interview I ever did with a player, athlete, was with Derek Jeter of the New York Yankees. Jeter. Right to the big leagues. Huh? Yeah. Sounds like Rex Chapman, one, yeah. right to the yeah. big leagues. I was an intern at the score, and yeah. I was uh, down to watch the Blue Jays and Yankees, and it was like, just get post-game sound clips, you know, from the pitcher and from Vernon Wells or someone who was batting. You had never done it. I had never done one-on-one stuff before. I'd been in scrums before, okay. like, doing this stuff. But it was the Yankees in town, and I was like, I've got to at least you know, try something here. I went up to the Yankees PR man before the game, and I said, uh, any chance I can get Derek Jeter one-on-one? You know, I work at the score here. He's like, Ugh. you can ask him yourself if you want when he comes to the dugout for batting practice. And I was like, I don't want to do my job. You ask him. <laughs> I was like, you know what? All right, I will. Uh, <laughs> Fine. Yeah, and so the Yankees came out. And they all went into the dugout, and I was like, oh, my God, there he is. There's Derek Jeter. Oh, my God, what am I going to do here? And I thought, well, go for it. So I went down into the dugout, took the steps down, and I felt like I was about an inch tall surrounded by, you know, all these athletes. I mean, Derek Jeter's probably not – he's probably 6'2 or 6'3. He's probably – you know, he's not super big. But <laughs> I put my hand out, and his hand, it felt like it just, like, devoured well, my arm. he had his glove on. <laughs> no, he had his glove off. He had his glove off. Okay. Anyway, he was, he was not – thrilled that I approached him and I said uh, excuse me my name is Lee I work for the score I was an intern uh, I was just wondering if I could have a few minutes of your time for a little one on one and he and he looked up at me and he said uh, just give me a few minutes then. and I thought that's a classic blow off yeah. uh, I went out there and I waited you know stalked him a little bit just stood there you know ready like I'm, I'm right here so you can't walk past me he came out we had a great one on one it was incredible so uh, wow. not a bad start I think that's like hitting a grand slam with your first at bat if you ask me wow. <laughs> first grand slam with your first at bat uh, did you have a did you have a cam- like a camera crew with you or was it- yeah, yeah yeah I did because I had the uh, because they again they wanted me to just do the post game scrums so there was a camera there and I just said to the guy I said uh, news director I said do you mind if I just go down and see if I can get something else to make a story made a story about Joe Girardi got Joe Girardi one on one got uh, Jorge Posada one on one all in the oh, same yeah. day <laughs> no no because oh, you know how they play oh, yeah, they, they play, play like three days in a row <laughs> yeah. so I got Jeter I walked back to the office and said I got Derek Jeter one on one and they're like how'd you do that I was like I just asked for it <laughs> <laughs> Usually you've got to put in the request like three days in advance and, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth. And I just said, I just asked him. 
and they let me have Derek Jeter. And so I made a whole feature, ran on the score and everything of, oh, uh, wow. of Joe Girardi there. He was talking, to, <laughs> Joe Girardi was talking to me about some player I'd never heard of, but I was just doing the casual. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Good one. I mean, a uh, tough one to follow up, Trey. What is, uh, as Rex Chapman asked in his tweet, I mean, uh, Twitter savant Rex Chapman asked, uh, <laughs> tell something about yourself that sounds like a lie, but is actually true. What do you have, Trey? My dad invented the double-decker taco. <laughs> That's a really good one. It's true. He says it's true. Uh, you know, 1995, these double-decker tacos started coming out at Taco Bell. And part of a promo between, uh, I think it was for Shaq and uh, Hakeem probably to go against each other or whatever that was. Yep. Um, and once that came on, my dad was like, been doing that for years <laughs> i'm like come on man it's not that big of a dimension to put yeah. a hard shell taco inside of a soft shell taco but like he just loves to have a clean plate i can I'll always remember my dad bragging about how clean his plate was <laughs> after we would eat tacos i mean they're a little sloppy so he had to come up with something uh a real game changer in the taco field uh i'm gonna put this taco inside a taco Unfortunately, Taco Bell, you know, stole the patent from him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, bummer. Bummer for oh, my yeah. dad like inventing that double-decker taco. That's a good it's one. Brilliant. It's brilliant. If you, you know, hard shell taco plus like a clean plate does not equal uh, uh, just a hard shell taco. Uh-huh. You need to add something else to the equation. Add the soft taco. Boom, you got a clean plate. That's the problem with the hard shell taco. It's right. everywhere. Might crack. Yeah. I mean, dads think up of a lot. They think up a lot of things. You know, we've talked about my Armenian father-in-law thinking up the outdoor slipper. That's been stolen. People are mass-producing those now. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Cut the back off uh, an old shoe. And now it's an outdoor slipper. But yep, they're they're geniuses for a reason. Tass, what do you got? Yeah, well, let me answer this one, Skeets. Are you going to answer this one? I'm, I'm I do. Wondering. It's something I've oh, said yeah. before, so I'll go really quickly. Let me slip mine in. Okay. Yeah. Because I've said this before on the show. Uh, but I think it's a good one that sounds maybe like a lie, but I once walked under a moving train. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, it was going really, really slow, but it sounds crazy when you don't say the yeah. speed of the train. Uh, and I'm not proud of it. I made that clear too. Don't do this. Don't recommend it. I don't care how slow it's going. But it was like a classic, like going to high school with the same group of people every day because where we lived, the high school's over here, there was a train track, obviously a train would go through every once in a while. It's like, God, this is taking forever. So I was like, I'm just walking under it. <laughs> I'm just like scurried underneath How it. high is it? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, you got to get pretty low. I mean, it's higher than you think. The trains are huge. Uh, but you got to obviously duck down and just scurry across. Like a hunchback walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. also that makes short. more sense to me. I'm like, man, that'd yeah. be a very tall train. Yeah, the wheels but it's will be massive. really, really stupid. Again, don't, don't. That sounds super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I'm talking. It's moving like at a crawl, right? Like as yeah. it's going through the city. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't the only one. I mean, some people are going over it. Some people are going under it. You know, everybody starts doing it. Stupid. Um, Tassel. Anyway, I'm sure probably that dropping off, dropping off some manure in the town of Stratford. <laughs> oh, a lot of manure in Stratford. Yeah, I wish it smelled like ash. <laughs> Ash um, from Sing, great movie. Uh, so I thought when you, uh, I thought the track would be elevated when you were saying that, like you just walked under it, like a, tra- a train track that was elevated. I can't imagine. What do you mean a train track that was elevated? Like a subway track that's not on the ground. That, no, like, you I'm talking about like a train, train that goes through a city. 
Like how, uh, how high is I don't? I feel like I it's mean, only it's like, like a two foot feet and a half. Nah, two feet. You're not that small, my man. Come on. I mean, I think <laughs> it's like, two feet. Maybe it was more like a horse walk than a hunchback walk. Like, well, uh, I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm not walking under it. Like, I'm like doing, <laughs> doing the limbo under it. I'm literally like crouched down. I probably threw my bag over Ooh, the train or between the wow. uh, between the, the the cars. I'm sure I did that, and then yeah. And then shuffled under. Just a shuffle under. Yeah, I can't do that if you have a lot of homework the night before. No, got a full no. pack on oh, your back. Bag gets caught. Mm. It's ridiculous. Right, what do you got to ask? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Uh, so something that sounds like a lie but is actually true. I've been wearing my underwear here while podcasting for the entirety of the season. No pants malice. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you guys know I like to take my, uh, my time right to the max. I like to push it. Yeah. And so I uh, just get in the shower after a workout, and I have to fly here to my computer to start podcasting. So, yeah, the, the common thing about a, a blogger podcast, hey, he works in his underwear. It's true. <laughs> this, this year it's happening so far. And, uh, yeah, it feels pretty good. It's not, getting, it's not getting cold in the room you're at? It is. It's starting to get uh, chillier down here, yeah. Mm, makes me okay. feel alive with Ooh. you guys while podcasting. Okay. Maybe That's long johns for the winter? <laughs> nice pair of long johns? Oh, he's going to be 10 minutes late if he's got to put on long johns every day. Uh, yeah. It takes a while to put on a pair of long johns sometimes. Uh, okay. hey, we got one, just got one here from the stream team, uh, okay. uh, Sarah Gray here. She once rode a bus that had my face on it. Wow. Prove Her right. face or your face? <laughs> Her face. Uh, yeah, okay. Interesting. I guess she was in an ad of some sort. Mm. Cool. Tell us more, Sarah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, while we wait for her to tell us more, pick up results. Last night, Hornets, Lakers, LA favored by two and a half. <laughs> they covered. Somehow, some way, one by three in overtime. So that's a win for myself and a win for Lili, who improves to five and one. Tass takes the L, so does Trey. Tass is four and two. I'm three and three. Trey's two and four. Tonight's pick em game brought to you by BetMGM. Where are we going, Tass? It's a. Uh, a, a, a small schedule. I, I, is there only three games on tonight? We got TNT doubleheader and one more. Is that right? Yeah, just three games. The Milwaukee Bucks, fresh off their visit to the White House, are going to Philadelphia. So just a little jaunt from the White House over to Philly, where they're six and a half point favorites. And I thought, being you know the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Knicks pretty tough yesterday, they're playing everybody pretty tough. That one of us would take the Sixers, but we've got our first four-way of the season we're all taking the milwaukee bucks wow because everybody's uh, pretty confident i guess the bucks are feeling good showing off the rings uh with biden at the white house that uh, they're going to come in and take care of business in philadelphia but philadelphia has been playing everybody well so this is one of those where we're all taking the bucks lee of course with the deer emoji mm. um this could be one that comes and bites us in the ass where Philly yeah. plays it close because Milwaukee has not been playing all that well. Yeah, yeah, this one was... I, I nearly swerved. I just do think the Bucks are going to win. Yeah. Like, the Sixers at some point without all these guys playing have to be due for a stinker, don't they, Lee? I mean, I guess that's what we're yeah. thinking here, that maybe they yeah. just get out class here. Not that Milwaukee's played all that well either, so... Yeah, it's, that's a thing. It's like the Bucks are due, the Sixers are on a back-to-back, Embiid's not there, no Danny Green, no Tobias. Just feels like Milwaukee's going to uh, stretch him out tonight, so... Yeah, maybe Philly can do it. I don't think so, though. 
Okay. Do you have the rest of Sarah's story, Lee? You don't need to put it up on the screen, but uh, if you want to share it. Yeah, no? she was in, she was in an ad. Uh, yeah. It was at I was in university my last year there. Bus was roaming around Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, so that's where it happened. And she was. Uh, I helped a friend out who needed people for an ad for career services. And one day I got to ride the bus. My face was on. So uh, she must have a photo of that. So blast it, Sarah. Blast yeah, it on the ground. Yeah. Hopefully you got a photo of yeah. that. Yeah. For sure. I mean, even Tass and I were on a van once when we worked at. Uh, at NBA TV. Remember our crossfire was on the back of a van? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that, mm-hmm. Tess? Yeah, we took yeah. a photo with that. Uh, hopefully you got one, Sarah. Okay, we'll call it there, guys. Thank you so much to the stream team for joining us live. Did some big numbers today. Everybody wanted to hear what we thought about the Jokic hit. Steph going for 50 and the Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons trade rumors. Thanks for chiming in throughout the stream team. Keep your comments coming below the video in the YouTube comment section. Tweet at us at No Dunk Sync. Bucks Sixers tonight, Hawks Jazz, Blazers Clippers. We'll be back tomorrow to break them all done. Down, if you have a question for beach stepping, get them in now. No dunks at theathletic.com. You know, only three games on, very likely we'll uh, hit the beach tomorrow to answer some of your cues. So send those in, no dunks at theathletic.com or hit us up on Twitter at No Dunk Sync. Finally, grab yourself an athletic subscription, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, usually a stupid line from me, but a question for you guys. Trey brought up the near 5x5 from Anthony Davis, and I just did a sporacle quiz recently with these, so they're on the brain. Anthony Davis had one a few years ago, 2018, but who's the last guy to get a 5x5? It was 2019, and it's not a guy that it's, you would. It's think not Draymond. Of. No. No. <laughs> that, was, that was my uh, first he did, guess. He did it's once someone, on a time. It's someone crazy. It's a weird. It? Yeah. It's, it's weird. You wouldn't think he's a big man. He's a large man. It's gotta be Brook Lopez. No, good guess. Good guess. The <laughs> line was all, 24 all, points. Yeah. Would you say, Lee? Oh, an all-star caliber guy, is no. he? Or? 24 no. points, 23 rebounds, Nurkic. 7 assists, 5, five blocks, and Nurk. 5 steals for Yusuf Nurkic uh, in 2019. That's a big man. Yeah. Huge big, big, man. All right, guys. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>